there are some verses of the Bible and some parts of the Bible that are so familiar to me and have been um, recited so many times and I, I, I know them so well that I have to be very intentional um, about actually absorbing the truth of those verses and those words. And there are some things that I think have been said probably over the years to me in certain times of my life that I've received as a bit of a platitude, even though they are the truth, they are in the Bible. There are some things that Christians say to each other that are almost said glibly or flippantly. And, and I have to be very centered in thinking this is the truth. This is the truth. It's so familiar to me and yet it still remains the truth. And it's funny because that's that's exactly what happened with this verse of the year for me. So on New Year's Day, I was reading my Bible. I got given a lovely new Bible by my dad for Christmas and I was reading through it and I felt led to read Psalm 46, which was one of the Psalms that we explored during the Wednesday nights last year and David spoke to it. Um, and so I, I read it again on New Year's Day and I got to verse 10 and it just struck me something that has been said loads and loads to me over the years and I've heard it said a lot and yet it struck me um, just how how much truth is in it so verse 10 of Psalm 46 says he says be still and know that I am God I will be exalted among the nations I will be exalted in the earth and I think what really struck me was over the years, I've had it said to me by Christians, be still and know that he is God. But actually, this is God speaking. He says, be still and know that I am God. And that's the word of God. He, he's speaking it. We can't take that as anything but truth. And so I, I just felt it impressed on my spirit when I read that, that that would be something that was very um I would very intentionally dwell on at least this first part of the year because I am somebody, and I've shared this before, who is prone to worry, who's prone to a racing heart and a racing mind about what's going on around me or even just the day-to-day -day things that I need to get done and thinking, oh, I'm so stressed, I've got all these things that I need to do. And I've even recited it this morning to myself that I'm going to take a moment to breathe and, and absorb that truth that I need to be still and know that he is God, no matter what is going on around me, that that truth still stands. And I shared this with Paul and John on Monday in our leadership team meeting. And it was really funny because John said, well, do you know what? I've actually got a verse, a couple of verses for this year. And one of them is Psalm 46, verse 10. <laughs> so it was really great to hear his own um, take on that verse and how it was sort of speaking to him. And the focus for him was the, the second part of that verse. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. That um, perhaps we look around us and think that there is um, people very far from God, very far from exalting him in the nations. And yet he says that that will be the case um, at some point, even if we don't see it today. Um, and I, I also thought, um, because I, I love to listen to the audio Bible, that's something that I've started to do um, at the end of last year. And I was listening to the part in Matthew um, in chapter eight, I think it is, um, where Jesus calms the storm. And listening to it, it does take on a little bit of a different level for me than reading it. And what popped into my mind was thinking that in the verses it says, but Jesus was sleeping, the disciples went and woke him. And I suddenly thought, 
wonder what if they didn't what if they didn't wake him you know would they just have to weather the storm knowing that he was there in the boat sleeping I mean we don't know they did wake him and he did calm the storm but that spoke to me because I thought sometimes I just need to weather the storm I just need to go with the waves that are happening around me, knowing that I have no impact over them, but knowing that Jesus is with me and he says, be still and know that God is God. And so I think that's how I'm going into this year. There's lots of things that I can't control that I worry about. um, And I just need to continue to still myself and know that he is God. I've just I've just muted myself. Sorry, <laughs> that's that's uh, is that all your wishful thinking coming true? <laughs> um, I just wanted to tag in with that and and say that that verse that I believe is um, like Verity said. We we feel like we've had a word for ourselves personally. Be still and know that I am God. I feel like the word for the church is. Um, is the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. And Jackie, that is true. You've, you've shown that in your life. You've shown that in everything that you do. Um, well, perhaps not everything, because we all make mistakes, but you know where I'm coming from, Jackie. And I just want everybody to know that that is true for you. And I know I'm repeating myself, but I'm doing this because I believe I'm repeating myself under the instruction of God. And uh, I'd rather bore you and please God than do anything else so the spirit of the lord the spirit of the sovereign lord is upon you i know that was a a prophecy in isaiah for jesus and i know jesus read that but i believe that the lord is telling us this year last year one of the key verses was arise shine your light has come the glory of the lord is shining on you and and also that that phrase that we will be oaks of righteousness planted to display his glory so god has planted jackie where she is to display his glory she's not doing it for her own glory she's doing it for his glory and to obey him and you have been planted where you are and you might think well i'm retired or i'm housebound yes and you're planted where you are to display his glory where you are we grow where we are planted and we're going to put our roots down where we are planted and God is good he is faithful and and so if if you are housebound that's why our neighborhood watch thing works so well we pray through the walls for our neighbors and display God's glory so that was all last year and I just felt like that carries over God's not actually I don't personally believe God is as interested in the number of our year as some people seem to think but that's just a that we can talk about that another time for probably too long. So um, what I do think is in this season right now, he is saying the spirit of the Lord, not, not your own strength, not your own might. So don't worry. You don't have to work anything up. The spirit of the Lord, the sovereign Lord is on you. So I'm going to read that first verse again of Isaiah 61. And then I'm going to read from a Psalm, which I think links in, which uh, something I, I read earlier this week, and I'm going to bring a, a very, very short word that I believe is for somebody, uh, again, that, I, that I, I, I brought a little bit last week. Let me read verse one of Isaiah 61 first, and then I'll explain. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. 
he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. That's all in verse one. Release from darkness for the prisoners. Or one translation says for the blind. There's darkness, there's blindness. And last week, as I was reading this, I had a, a very clear image in my head of someone at the bottom of a well, a, a, a dugout well that didn't have water in it. And you, were, you felt like you were at the bottom of that well in pitch, pitch blackness. I talked a bit about how frightening darkness can be when it's absolute darkness, how it almost feels like it can suffocate you. And you feel like you're at the bottom of a well and there's, there's a big stone over the top of the well and nobody knows you're there. They might see your other you that you put on when you put on your pretty smile, but they don't know the you that is inside that well. I hope that makes sense to somebody. I know it. I know it makes sense to somebody, um, but I hope it makes sense to everybody because we can pray for anyone who feels like they're at the bottom of a dark well. And, and I said last week, God is there with you. Um, so if we place ourselves in the, in this verse, if we immerse ourselves in this verse and we say, um, well, there's two people here. There's the person who's speaking, saying the spirit of the Lord is on me. And that that might you might feel like that. Yeah, that's me. I'm ready. I'm ready to preach. I'm ready to talk. I'm ready to talk to my neighbors. Um, or I feel like I need to be. I feel like the Lord wants that to be me. That's great. But the second half of the verse is about those who are ministered to, not the person who's speaking, but the person who receives the message. And one of those descriptions of the person receiving the message is that they are in, in darkness. Maybe that's you. Maybe God wants to bring you out of that darkness before you can feel like or you can recognize the anointing of the Holy Spirit on you. Well, these verses let us know later on. I'm not reading the rest of that chapter. We read it last week that God has a garment of praise and that garment of replace, uh, praise is there to replace your spirit of despair. You have to put the garment on. Now, what does that look like? Because it's not a physical coat. I've put on, we used to sing uh, when I was the pre-teens. I have put on my garment of praise. I have put, anyway, I won't sing anymore. Uh, and, and it was just a really short chorus about putting on our garment of praise. Well, singing for me is one way of putting on a garment of praise. And I want to encourage you when you've got a moment this week, if, especially if you're feeling dark, just sing. And I, this week I have been challenged in my own quiet time to sing to the Lord, not just because it's good for me, but because he actually likes it, he actually enjoys it. And, and so I, I'm getting this picture of me as a as a child again, singing to my daddy. And it doesn't matter if it's out of key. It doesn't matter if I just make the words up as I go along. And that's actually what I started to do for the first time in a very long time is just to make up some random stuff to God, um, saying how great he is with a tune that just wasn't much of a tune to you it would have sound rubbish i promise you it would have sound rubbish it was just like god you are really great you know it's just but i started to do that 
And I felt like I was putting on a garment of praise. This was actually me singing to God, not trying to write a really cool song that other people would enjoy. But I knew because it was from my heart, God loved it. I just got this sense that, uh, you know, you know how it, that phrase, I feel when I run, I feel God's pleasure. I kind of felt God's pleasure uh, as I just sang some really rubbish tunes and just told God that he was great. And I told Jesus I was singing to him that he was my king uh, and that I wanted to sing for him. You know, just those kind of it wasn't poetry, but it was from the heart. And I really hoped no one else could hear me. And I, I just felt like God was saying, that's how you put on your garment of praise. So I hope that's encouraging for you. The psalm I read this week, uh, one of the psalms I read this week, is a really depressing psalm. Uh, and it's psalm, well, it starts that way. It's Psalm 69. If you've got a physical Bible, have a look at Psalm 69, because I'm going to read several verses from it before we take communion together. I used to go to uh, a festival called Greenbelt. And, it, and in the early days of Greenbelt, they didn't have portaloos. They used to dig a huge pit and then a carpenter would come and build a structure over that pit, which was a massive plant. I'm talking the size of a, a living room uh, and, and there'd be holes drilled into it. And then they build cubicles around the holes. So everything that you put into that hole just ended up in this huge pit. And then people would start graffiti because they knew that it would just all get burnt eventually, this woodwork that we were using as cubicles for toileting in. People used to graffiti on it and there was political stuff on there and all that. Uh, and, I, and somebody wrote Psalm 69 verse 1. And so I went back to my tent and looked it up and it said, <laughs> save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. And that's what it felt like. Anyway, uh, there's a little story for you. But... Uh, I sink in the miry depths uh, where there is no foothold. I have come into the deep waters. The floods engulf me. Imagine that. That's how the writer is feeling. This is like someone who feels like they're at the bottom of a deep well and they don't know how they'd ever get out. I am worn out calling for help. My throat is parched. My eyes fail looking for my God. We're in Psalm 69, verse four. Those who hate me without reason outnumber the hairs of my head. Many are my enemies without cause. Those who seek to destroy me. I am forced to restore what I did not steal. You, God, know my folly. My guilt is not hidden from you. So this isn't one of those messianic psalms where it's a prediction of Jesus suffering um, this is someone who says he, he knows he's been wrong. He knows he's been guilty, but and he's got these enemies and he's in a right state. Now jump to verse 30. The guy, you don't need to go any more into our, the depths of despair he's in. We got the picture, yeah? So we'll jump to verse 30. What's he going to do about it? What's he going to do in the bottom of the pit? Verse 30, I will praise God's name in song. Now, at this point, nothing has changed he is still in the waters up to his neck he is still in the miry depths he feels like the floods have engulfed him he feels like he's in the boat and jesus is asleep and the the, the, the flood waters are going to uh, cover over me he then sings i will praise god's name in song and glorify him with thanksgiving 
Well, what has he got to be thankful to God about? He's going to be thankful anyway. Thank you that you're here, Lord. Thank you that I can praise you. Thank you that I have got some voice left. Find something to thank the Lord about. I'm challenging you. However deep and dark you feel, put on the garment of praise. However much of an act of the will it takes, even if it's just a breath of a sentence of a praise to God, offer it. He will respond. He will hear you. This will please the Lord more than an ox they used to sacrifice animals, more than a bull with its horns and hooves. The, the, poor, the poor will see and be glad. You who seek God, may your hearts live. The Lord hears the needy and does not despise his captive people. Let heaven and earth praise him. Now, so now this person is calling on heaven and earth to join him in praise. The seas and all that move in them for God will save Zion, uh, or in our language, God will save his people and rebuild the cities of Judah. He's going to do some rebuilding. That's later on in the, uh, the, the verse in Isaiah, that I, the chapter in Isaiah that I believe is for us about rebuilding ancient ruins. He will rebuild. However you feel, however dark, however up to your neck you feel, he will rebuild. Just put on that garment of praise. Start singing it in faith. Start speaking it in faith. Verse uh, 35, second half, then people will settle there and possess it. I believe this needs to be a time where we start declaring that God is going to uh, allow people to settle, settle in him, to rest in him, to find rest in him, and new people who haven't found him before finding rest in his kingdom. Last verse, verse 36, the children of his servants will inherit it, than those who love his name will dwell there. We can dwell in safety. You can see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, and it can happen this month, this week, this year. Believe, trust, rest. Let God do the work. He is good. He loves you. He's on your side. He's even in the pit with you. He's been to the deepest pit. The spirit of the Lord is on you. You are anointed. You may feel like a prophet in a pit, but you have to praise him where you are. He will come. He is already with you in the pit. He hears your praises. He will lift you out. So now we come to communion with those thoughts in mind. We come to him who went to the cross and confronted the greatest darkness of all. However dark your darkness feels, his darkness was greater. He took on him the weight of the sin of the whole earth, past, present and future. He was buried in a tomb, sealed with a stone, guarded with Roman soldiers, but he rose again. Death, the grave, the stone, the soldiers, Satan himself could not hold him back. Now he's seated at the right hand of the Father and he is interceding for you.